This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. This Joycast is a free service brought to you by Joy 94.9. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. And welcome to Detours. You're with Greg and Mark. It's Detours Joy 94.9. We're going to talk to you about uh, travel, about moving around this country and moving around this world. And we have a special guest today. And who would our special guest be? Ah, oh, look, she's a broadcaster extraordinaire <laughs> from Joy 94.9. It's Chappelle. Welcome, Chappelle. Thank Chappelle. you, Greg and Mark, for having me on your show. I feel very blessed and honoured to be a part of Detours. Uh, look, we're privileged to have you here, and for the next Thrilling. hour, <laughs> next hour up until Pete Dillon nudges his way through that studio door. You're oh yes, he's he's like he's like <laughs> a, um, a French porcine truffle sniffing radio <laughs> fiend who we love. Uh, we, we do love Pete immensely, yeah. most of the time. Yeah. Now, what's your week been like, Mark? Week has been very good, thanks, Greg. Um, uh, been not doing overly much, but uh, off to the races again today. I don't mind going to the races every now and then. And, and you look good with a fascinator too. Yeah, I know. It's fascinating how I can get away with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a big week in the travel sector. We've got Qantas muscling up with Emirates, and we've got Virgin Blue about to buy a buy a link across to Tiger. They're going to yeah. take over Tiger. It's really interesting. the The Virgin and uh, sorry, the Qantas and Emirates thing has been on the table for a long time. When I was um, working in Dubai, the uh, state government-owned entities that deal with hospitality and tourism have uh, a fair few connections. So the company that I was working for in the shopping centre business was very much so um, trying to make sure that we delivered Dubai to the international community as Emirates did and as Jumeirah Hospitality did, and there was a lot of uh, cooperation between everybody. So it wasn't a surprise. I'd heard rumours for a long time. And now that it has happened, it's not a bad thing. Emirates is... uh, one of my favourite airlines, the way they conduct themselves is out of this world. And uh, everybody loves Qantas in Australia, I think, more for sentimental reasons than for what Qantas actually delivers. But it'll be interesting to see if they start matching the experience that Emirates delivers. Well, how, how long has it been since, not that long at all, but we've forgotten about the closure when they shut down the airline to try and beat the year unions. Ago. Now, I think that was the start of this uh, push to get Emirates on board and they didn't have a reason and it was a deliberate push to drive the share price down. Don't know, and I wouldn't want to speculate on something that says uh, legally fraught as, <laughs> well, as that issue. We can't say that was intent. We can say that was the uh, the result of what happened. Maybe, maybe. I'm not quite sure, but I know that the uh, the... The, the talks have been going uh, with Emirates and Qantas for a while through just scuttlebutt that I've heard. I don't have any evidence for that. But, um, yeah, it's going to be very interesting. Emirates is a great airline, and it really does uh, work very hard at honouring the, the passenger and the guest, and uh, which is not necessarily the experience that I've had flying with Qantas over the, the years. I've been made, made, it's been made very clear that I'm nothing but someone sitting in a seat for them to grizzle at. That's true. And uh, um, I've flown Emirates a lot, and I've always felt incredibly welcome and warmly received and I would love to see Qantas get that back. Qantas used to be such a friendly airline and when I was younger and my family travelled quite a bit we were always on Qantas planes and I loved it and I've uh, had a love affair with it from back then but in the last year that I've flown Qantas or the last couple of months that I've been back in Australia that I've been and, and I have had the opportunity to fly yeah, it's left me wanting. So what's your favourite airline? 0427 JOY949 or on air at joy.org.au 
But join us. Let us know what your favourite airline is. Chappelle, what's your favourite airline? Well, I'm going to have to disagree very strongly with Mark on this. I now, for the past few years, only fly with Qantas. I've had the opportunity to fly with many, many airlines many, many times, and I can't fault Qantas in terms of their customer service, um, both on the plane and, you know, through their call centre and on the ground. Um, So anytime I fly, even if it does cost me more, I'm Qantas all the way. Yeah, fair enough. Mm. Um, my experiences prior to recent were good. Yeah, all, sure. Uh, without fail. Yeah. Um, the recent ones that I've had, uh, yeah, have left me wanting. And after having spent so much time flying with Emirates, you do get used to a different standard. Yeah, of course. And it, Qantas certainly won't be missing the mark. I mean, when people, I don't want a uh, trolley dolly calling me love. I don't want her calling me your highness or sir, but I'm going, look, you're old enough to be my mum. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, fair enough, you see this bond that you're looking at a middle-aged man and you're feeling maternal, but, you know, this is an aeroplane. Sure, (laughs) yeah. There are levels of service we're expecting. Now, your journey, Chappelle, how did you start planning and what was the motivation for such a long trip overseas? I um, needed a trip overseas. I hadn't had a holiday in a couple of years. I was really, really busy and uh, actually decided to go to the Middle East because I'd been studying Arabic. I thought, let's go over there and immerse myself in the language and somewhere over there. But Where? then I, um, I probably would have gone to Lebanon. Mm. Um, One of my favourite countries, by the way. It is Awesome. Yes. Well, that's what I've heard. And I've got loads of contacts there. Mm. And um, But then I looked up the prices and I guess because of the London uh. Olympics, prices to get to that side of the world, Middle East and Europe, were just a lot more than I could afford at the time. I also looked at going to Greece to do a language program um, and then it was just too expensive. So I was like, well, the United States is a great option or Mexico as well. I thought, you know... Um, I want to do some kind of internship or some sort of... I I never like going overseas just for the sake of it, just for travelling. There always has to be a reason or a purpose. Do you think the experience is what you're going for? Well, I think so. And I like to spend a lot of time in one place. Like, I'm not up for touristy things at all. I don't like standing in line to to look at the top of a building or... Are you telling me you didn't do the Sex in the City tour? I'm afraid not. (laughs) Um, Don't get me started on Sex in the City. Not my favourite show of all time. But, um, yeah, so I, for me, it's about finding a trip that I can associate either doing an internship with or a study program or um, something like that. I just, I have to, when I go overseas, it has to be for a reason. I think it's a yep. pretty, pretty good way of traveling. You immerse yourself. It's not just the, uh, the passive observer and I've done this city and I've done that city. You're actually part of the culture. You, f- you yeah. feel part of the city. Get a bit of dirt under your nails. Absolutely. And, and be I think a part of it. New York, they've got such a strong uh, sense of community and culture over there that even within five weeks, I started to feel like I was a little bit at home. Like everybody kind of gets accepted into New York. So where was home when you were in New York? I was on the border of Williamsburg and Bushwick in Brooklyn. So okay. on the L train. Um, and, you know, Williamsburg is... Hipster central. It is the mecca of hipster. I think they have the highest amount of Instagram food photos per capita in the world. That, well, it's just ridiculous. And I'm not, I'll be honest, I'm not a huge fan of Williamsburg. Um, mm. But if you're into hipsters and skinny jeans and I think... The thing, Ironic moustaches. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly right. And uh, I did find a lot of cheap clothes on the street. People would come out and they'd bought designer clothes and then selling everything. I bought so much stuff for like $5. It probably originally was 500 So it's good for really cheap Wardrobe shopping. up. Absolutely. So Now, we've got much more to explore. Chappelle's here with Mark and Greg on Detours. You're on Joy 94.9. Stay with us all the way through to 1 o'clock when Cravings joins us. Joy 94.9.
mix of music, news and interviews. It's the world's most uplifting station. Joy 94.9. You are here on Detours with Chappelle, Shannon Power, Mark Adams and Greg Atkins. Fabulous song. That was Fabulous Gladys song. Knight and the Pips. With Midnight Train to Georgia, one of her most famous songs and it's amazing. It's, I don't know what New York is like any other time of the year, but I was there in summer where it's just so many free events, so many great cultural events, literally everywhere in the city that when I first got to New York, I was actually quite stressed out for the first couple of days trying to figure out everything that I had to do. I had hundreds of recommendations from friends about restaurants and bars and clubs and events to go to. And then on top of finding my own um, events to go to. And one of the great uh, concerts I got to see for free was Gladys Knight at Coney wow, Island, fantastic. which is Incredible. mental. Some people can go a whole lifetime with never seeing Gladys Knight live, and she's a legend. Mm. And here I was heading up to Coney Island, which is a weird place in itself, <laughs> and I got to see Gladys Knight. And it was just, it was surreal, and I felt really very lucky to do that. But it just goes to show there's so many amazing free things that happen, even things that you would pay for. There is just such a massive volume of cool stuff going on in New York. Why was uh, Gladys Knight free? Was it a sponsored event? It was, was it- a government, I guess, initiative, yeah. Oh, okay. So there's a lot of um, that, a lot of different uh, free events, like in Central Park, mm-hmm. in Prospect Park. That the Battery Park does a lot. Battery Park exactly does a lot as well that uh, the city pays for. And yes, they do have sponsorship. Obviously, it helps to Are pay you for it. Are listening, Mr. Doyle? <laughs> and it's just phenomenal. And it's it's all run very well. It's very respectful. The crowds are lovely. So when you arrive in town, how do you find these free events? There's one great site is nycgo.com. And originally, I was reluctant to use it because I thought it's too mainstream. All the tourists will use it. But there's a lot of great links on there. The Village Voice, which comes out every Wednesday, is phenomenal. A lot of the different... Um, neighborhoods will have their own site so in Williamsburg Williamsburg had its own little touristy site that was run just by locals so it wasn't like the city of Brooklyn or the Brooklyn Council running it Um, and Google and I mean and Twitter there's just so many ways to find out about cool stuff that's happening in New York. Tell us how you get your village voice. It's just in like a little like um, like plastic box on the side of the street and it's just free you just open it up and put in a quarter. It was free. Oh, okay. Yeah, completely free, which is awesome. Um, Take two. Yeah. Well, I would. One I would. For each eye. Yeah, exactly. I would, uh, it's not great for the environment, but I would take one reader on the train, and then if I was going out, throw it out, get another copy the next day. And this was the thing. It's just so amazing how there were plenty of acts and and things that I could have done that you just quite happily dismiss because there's something equally as cool on the same night and you'll go to something like Gladys Knight which didn't fill up like there was still plenty of space because it goes to show how much amazing things happen in New York because there's so much competing for people's interest and time and Mm. Gladys Knight doesn't fill up um, which is phenomenal so after a few days I just had to plan out my my week in advance day by day minute by minute um, and it was great it was just so okay. much on. So you were working as well. I 
was doing like an internship. Right, um, okay. Originally, I wanted to go over and do a serious internship at NPR, get up every morning, put a suit on, you know, Monday to Friday, nine to five. And then I realised I actually needed a bit of a holiday. So Can I explain thought, what NPR is? I think oh, it's really a valuable thing. And it's National Public Radio, so I guess it's the equivalent of ABC in the United States. Mm. But they put on a phenomenal service. So they have their main hub in Washington, D.C., which yes. I also got to visit, which is pretty cool. And from there, they've got a lot of affiliated stations throughout the country. Where so Terry Gross is. Yes. Where, was he, where is he based? Uh, Terry Gross uh, does uh, Fresh Air. Oh, yes. Yeah, she's amazing. Yes. And she's been doing it for 20-odd years, I think. That's or, right. She's been with the short hair. Yeah, yep. and she's got this amazing show that I download podcasts and listen to, and she's probably one of the most uh, revered NPR There's a And there's a lot of people that... There's a huge at, amount, right? Yeah, a lot of the broadcasters that are for a long time. How'd you, how'd you hook into it? Um, so the internship, I originally sent off a few emails to different radio stations, and then I thought, coming from a Greek background, New York has a massive Greek diaspora. I thought, wouldn't it be great to connect with the the Greek diaspora in another country, in another city? And then I also thought, well, I've been getting, you know, a lot of non-responses from other stations. The Greeks will look after each other. And that's how it turned out. (laughs) All of the Greek radio stations got back to me. I ended up um, interning at one in Queens in Astoria, which is the Greek neighbourhood of New York. Oh, is that where? Okay. I was about to um, ask you that. Tell us about the Greek community and how they organise and how they gather in New York City. What's the difference between there and Melbourne? I don't think there's any difference, to, <laughs> to be honest. Um, they, it was very interesting. They, I think they have a lot of um, people that are coming back from Greece now. A lot of the younger generations, considering the crisis over there, mm. are now coming back to New York and Melbourne. And yep. a lot of the, the people that I speak to there that are sort of a bit newer to the community, they have the same issues that we have here, is that the generation of Greeks that came out whenever they did are stuck in that time frame, in that time 60s. period. So they're a bit old-fashioned. Their language is a bit... Um, archaic. Well, yeah, archaic. it's, it's an older version mm. of Greece, not as modern as what they'd actually use in Greece today. And it, they have the same sorts of, you know, cultural issues, sort of trying to maintain the traditions. and So it's almost identical. So it's really nice to go on the other side of the world. and. But modern Greek people are like most modern Europeans. They've Absolutely. moved on completely modern yep. and... Liberal, yeah, liberal-minded. Very liberal, very open-minded. A lot very more well secular. Very educated, very well. secular. Yeah, mm. um, that love a party. That's the same with the old Greeks, though. I think that's gone across generations. Yeah. Anything Mediterranean is uh, is it's, a good culture for party. Is there a sense, though, like the Greek community in Australia seems to have stuck a bit in um, some of the older Greeks have stuck from the values they had when they first arrived? Is it the same in New York or have they evolved differently? I think it, it, it can be the same. I think they sort of became a bit more ingrained into American culture than we have here. Um, so they might be a little bit more progressive i guess or not as stuck in the old ways but still they reflect the time that they came out so they can be a little bit old-fashioned okay and a lot of all the, the people that migrated were also from islands where they didn't necessarily have the same kind of cultural and educational reference sure. points to start from absolutely and when they came to australia it would have been very isolating uh, a lot of the women particularly traditionally uh, maintaining the home raising the children yep. not having the same kind of social contacts and getting the language skills to be able to communicate with uh, other people who are non-greek speaking in the community yeah, absolutely. would have been a big challenge for oh them, absolutely any women. migrant community i yeah, guess no so. internet uh, you know limited radio so they were they were uh, very isolated a lot of these people and uh, it's a shame that they didn't get the opportunity but I think that modern uh, migrant stories can quite often differ because they speak uh, basic English before they get here in in many cases because English is such a ubiquitous language around the world Mm. so they don't have that barrier that really 
isolates them from... It's all different experiences, I guess. But what I, I found actually interesting, is they I got to New York and I said, let me help you produce or do something around the office. And they said, no, we've got a slot open every Wednesday night. How about you do a show? Which is phenomenal. Oh, so now on my resume, I've done a radio show in New York, which is very cool. But I actually... What was the show? Tell us about the show. It was, it was just about me and Melbourne and Greeks in Melbourne and my time at Joy. It was just sort of me promoting... You. Australia and Joy <laughs> and, and myself, but I actually got to chat with Michael Abed, who's the general manager of SBS, and I wanted him to sort of share what SBS was to the New Yorkers listening. The soccer broadcasting station. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was quite interesting. I didn't realise at the time because I grew up on SBS because mm. to me, even though I've got an Anglo name, I grew up very much in a very multicultural neighbourhood. So to watch the other commercial networks, there was nothing reflective of where I was growing up. But then all of a sudden SBS comes along. And what I didn't realise, it was actually a government initiative, yep. which I think is phenomenal. And I, I was really glad I got the opportunity to share that story with New York because they have, you know, uh, international and m- multicultural broadcasting, but it was it's at the initiative of the people on the radio Public station. Yeah, it's the, so it's not necessarily the government encouraging um, that sort sorry, of a service. The private sector that will fund a commercial outlet for uh, speaking to a community instead of having the public sector understand that we, we have a multicultural, multi-faith environment yes. where we need to communicate to everybody and everybody gets to have a say and everybody gets to be spoken to. Yes. And I think that's one of the unique things about SBS is very few countries have taken that challenge and turned around Absolutely. and said, okay, let's, let's put our money where our mouth is and yeah. uh, let that mouth speak many tongues. And in, uh, now it's a phenomenal service. I also um, got to interview Anastasia, who's a presenter here at Joy. She's also Greek. So we had a bit of a chat about being Greek in Melbourne and also about Joy. So well, did, you phone, oh, sorry. did you phone Australia up from the studio in New York? We did, yeah. <laughs> I spoke to Michael on his mobile and then I spoke to Anastasia. I think she was at work. Don't tell her boss. But um, <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah, we had a chat and the the level of response from the listeners was just phenomenal. They had we also had people, non-Greek speakers, listening in from different backgrounds. And it was it was so heartwarming to get this reaction because obviously they'd not really heard anything about Melbourne or all that sort of thing. So it was... Uh, it was, was it in Greek? It, I did an English language program. Okay. I played lots of Greek music and mm. it was lots of fun. Now, our next track is something that you really like to hear. Tell us about that. Um, this is Cold War by Janelle Monáe, who's not from New York, but she's from Atlanta. But she performed at a free... Afropunk festival and this festival is supposed to reflect um, the Afri- African-American community that was a bit punk, that was a bit revolutionary um, oh, cool. and yeah, sort of on the fringes of society that had no one else representing them and it was amazing. It was free just in this little tiny park in Brooklyn but some big names, Erica Badu performed. Um, one of my favourites, exactly. I love that woman. Does Racist, Reggie Watts, lots of huge acts, gym class heroes. Yeah, and the big producers too, right? So yeah. They're Pharrell- behind a lot of the yeah, popular music that we love and listen to as... Yeah, for sure. And and Pharrell Williams introduced Janelle Monáe, but it was such a great concert because she was like, this is the first time I came to a festival or to perform somewhere that I saw myself because everybody's so different. And she's very sort of unique and quirky. And um, it was a great concert, a really, really great experience. So you think I'm alone?
Joy 94.9. And you're on Detours with Mark and Greg all the way through to one o'clock when Pete D- Dylan races through that room out of his kitchen and joins us for craving, <laughs> cravings. <laughs> Tell us about New York and that song. So the song we just heard was Cold War by Janelle Monet, who's a singer from Atlanta. I was lucky enough to see her in Sydney at the Opera House earlier this year, and I thought that is probably one of the best shows I've ever seen. She's very unique, amazing music. They, they call it alternative R&B. But then I found out she was performing in New York for free at this amazing festival called the Afro Punk Festival. And as I said before, like it was held in this kind of tiny park, like a, a ballpark in, in Brooklyn. And you would think at a, at a festival like that, that's free with a lot of big names, it would just be a free for all. Or free for all, it'd be feral, it'd get really packed, it'd be hard to get into, massive security checks. Not at all. They asked for maybe a bit of a donation at the door, which you don't have to give. I put $5 in because I thought I'm getting to see all these acts for free. Well, that's the smallest foldable money. Exactly. <laughs> and um, it was quite great. And then Janelle Monet put on probably an even better performance than when I saw her in Sydney because she's she. No the whole ethos of the Afropunk Festival is like it's for people who don't fit the mould. It's for people who are different who are unique um, and don't fit into mainstream society, which she doesn't. And she said she f- like first felt at ease when she came to the festival for the first time and she was loved and accepted. And, and that song is all about doesn't matter who you love, doesn't matter what you look like, what you sound like, we should all just love each other. What a beautiful message. Mm, it was lovely. And it was, and the, it was just the loveliest vibe at the festival. Um, and it sort of disappointed me. New York has a bit of a bad reputation for being a bit rough and being a bit unfriendly, which... I found to be the complete yeah, I opposite. Agree. I, I found agree. it lovely. And then I just thought about all the gigs and shows that I go to here in Australia and it's always a headache. Like last night I was at Arrested Development and a guy jumped on my foot and then told me off when I pushed him off me. And it's just really negative. There's always fights here in Australia. People get really drunk and um, really aggressive. People push each other out of the way. I've been to lots of gigs across the United States now and it is a lot friendlier and a lot more well-behaved. Yeah, I've, I've been to lots of gigs in the States and I've always had a very, very good time. I find Americans extremely polite and um, accommodating Absolutely. people. Um, can we just talk a minute about um, what's going on now? Uh, I know that you uh, lived in Williamsburg, which wasn't an area of New York that was affected by uh, Sandy. The hurricane, yes. And um, a lot of lower Manhattan still was without power. And I believe it's from 34th Street and below, so it's lower Manhattan yes, that's yep. affected, So mm-hmm. um, and very much so New Jersey. Mm. So um, we're all thinking of the, the over 100 people have lost their lives during this process, and uh, we're all thinking very much so about them, and we want the uh, our American friends, my partner's American, uh, to know that we're, our thoughts are with them. If anybody does want to um, uh, honour the people who have lost their lives and make a donation. The uh, most referred to place is the uh, Red Cross. Mm-hmm. So if you go to the Red Cross, American Red Cross website, uh, there's a link there and that tells you how you can donate. The best way to do it, of course, is not what Mitt Romney is doing and piling cans that they don't need. It's donating money to people who can get there and get the relief to people who they need it. And if I could just make a point as well, um, it's unfortunate a lot of people have lost their lives and, and have had their homes destroyed, but we also need to remember that the hurricane went through the Caribbean. It also went through Haiti, exactly. which we know is really struggling. So if you are going to donate money, don't forget that there are Caribbean islands as well that are a lot less well-off that have had a lot less publicity about the impact the hurricane has had on them and maybe consider donating some money to, I guess, less fortunate 
countries. Yeah, the Red Cross also looks after uh, that. In, in It's the Sandy Appeal, so they uh, refer to what's going on in the United States, but they also refer to what's going on in the Great. Caribbean Islands as well. All the way down to and, Cuba. Yeah, Cuba, uh, Carolina. Yeah, it's, it's been, yeah, hundreds of millions of people have been affected and our thoughts are with them, and uh, we look forward to seeing them getting them all back on their feet. Absolutely. Now, their voice is Chapau, Shannon Power. What time is your show? It's five o'clock. Today, on a Saturday. On Joy we were talking 94.9. about your show just now. What, what, what were you saying? I said it's probably the best show on Joy 94.9. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. I we'll mean, D2 is okay, but it's not the <laughs> Chappelle show. We'll be listening in at uh, 5 o'clock because you've got a fascinating guest. Are you going to talk about who you've got coming on or are you going to keep that as a secret? Oh, no, I'll tell you. I've got the full-length interview of a guy uh, with a guy called Speech who's from a band called Arrested Development. Now, they're My celebrating God. their 20-year anniversary and I remember back in the day I was 10 years old and nagged my mum to go buy me the CD and I've been a massive fan ever since. And through volunteering at Joy 94.9, I now had the opportunity to speak with a guy that I've been a fan of for 20 years. And we had a nice little chat about music and uh, we spoke actually about homophobia and sexism in hip-hop. He's got quite an interesting take on that. Now, the style of music you play, we're playing Empire State of Mind by Jay-Z here, but the style of music is similar to this, isn't it? It's a hip-hop show. It's the only hip-hop show in Australia's only gay and lesbian radio station. So if if you're into your hip-hop and some pretty fierce beats... It's the show to go to. Five o'clock on a Saturday. But there's a very interesting thing that you just picked up on there about um, the the power of Joy 94.9. And I think that we should just remind our listeners that you can get involved in Joy. Absolutely. You can volunteer. And you can also uh, become a member. Yes. Go to joy.org.au. Click through, become a member. If you already are a member, maybe consider buying a friend a membership or, or extending that to a family membership. Absolutely. Um, and there's always room for volunteers to come on board. And maybe you could uh, rub shoulders with uh, Arrested Development or yeah, somebody sure. else in the Someone's future. super famous. And the thing is as well, if you're not, uh, volunteers aren't restricted to on-air volunteers. There's over 300 volunteers behind the scenes doing amazing work. So if you're a bit shy and don't want to be on air, there will be an opportunity for you to volunteer here now, at Joy. When you visited this uh, radio station in New York, how many people were involved in the setup there? It was tiny. It was super tiny. There's I only ever met about four people. I think there was probably a total of 30 because what they do is they buy airtime on the NPR affiliate in the, in the New York Public Radio Station. And I think they had they had shows every day, but they don't have a full license. So it was a bit of a smaller operation, uh, but on the biggest public radio station in New York. So it's pretty cool. Amazing. Excellent. So what brought you back to Australia? Why, why did you come back? Why, why aren't Money. you still there? Money. I, I would love to live in New York, and I could. And as we were discussing off air, New York's the only sort of place you can live if you've got an opportunity. You couldn't sort of go over there with nothing in your pocket. And there's no point in being in New York and paying the prices for rent if you're not going to have a, a chance to take advantage of everything the city has to offer. So I can't do that right now. Like maybe in the future if I have a, a nice job and I have lots of free time to go and take advantage of all the concerts and shows and mm. cultural events, and sure, I would live in New York in a heartbeat. Yeah, you can live, eat and sort of get by and shop and do a lot of things very affordably in Absolutely. New York. Absolutely. I, I was quite um, surprised. Yeah, yeah, much cheaper than you can live in Melbourne. Absolutely. However, accommodation is the yes. absolute killer. So where were you living and how were you living when you were there? So I went through a – 
website that um, – so if people have an apartment or a room in their apartment that they want to rent out for a day, a year, mm-hmm. a month, they can do that. So I went through this website, rented a room in a guy's apartment in Brooklyn. I also did that when I went to Montreal and, and D.C. And it's a great service because it's obviously a bit cheaper, but you're also living with locals. Was it Airbnb.com? Yes. No, oh, uh, actually, linked to that on <laughs> the detours. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, Mystic it was. Meg. I wasn't sure if we could name it or not. So, Well, I, I linked – there's a very interesting article in the age yesterday that I popped on the detours page um, if you're of course everybody is on Facebook sure. looking at the detours page right now mm-hmm. go and become our friend um, and you can see this link it's a very interesting thing Jody Wilmer um, who was on detours for 16 yes. years life very, member of joy life member of joy is a very big fan of um, airbnb.com it's phenomenal because it's a it, it enables people to travel in a way that they may have been precluded from because of finances. Yes. And you can offer that service as well. Mm-hmm. And as you're traveling, someone else can be in your home. Or you can go in and you can you can get under the skin of a city and a culture by being a part of a family or Absolutely. an organization or, or um, a share house. Or maybe you have the place on your own. There's a lot of opportunities. And it's a, it's you're in a home. Well, you're, you're in, in a home, room. exactly. And, you know, you've got access to the kitchen. But as one of the people I stayed with pointed out, it's like it almost is a little bit old school in the in the um, the process because back in the day people would have come into a new town like we're going back olden days would have walked into a town went to visit a family at a home to find accommodation like back before there were an abundance of hotels so it's, there's something a little bit uh, old timey about it which is nice so yeah awesome now you're here on detours Shapowers with us all the way through to the hour Mark's here, Greg's here, you're here on 0427 JOY 949 SMS or on air at joy.org.au. Hey, this is Carly Rae Jepsen. Hey, this is Anthony Clare. Hi, this is Kathy Freeman. What's up, party people? This is Chris Willis. Hey, it's Katy Perry. Hey, this is Lachlan Bryan. Hello, this is Yana Alana. Alana. You give me joy, joy, You're listening to Joy 94.9. This is Johnny Ruffo. Gretel Colleen. Brandon Flowers. Delta Goodrum here. Hi, this is Pixie Lot. Hi, everybody. This is Renee Gaya on the best radio station on the planet, Joy. Tune in. Here on Detours, Chappelle the guest of Mark and Greg. We're here on Saturdays at 12 noon. Tell us about this song. So we just heard an open letter uh, to New York City by the Beastie Boys. That song came out probably, oh, I want to say 10 years ago. It was mm, after um, the... Before, maybe 15? No, no, it was definitely after because they mentioned the World Trade Center in that song. So it was maybe 2003 right. when that... I can't remember the name of the album. I'm a huge Beastie Boys fan. They're very New York proud. And I the, I had a dream before I went to New York that the first thing I had to do when I arrived was go over the Brooklyn Bridge. I don't know why, but... And I know it's, it's a bit sort of cliche to sort of fall in love with that bridge, but I did. And so the first time I went over, it was at night. And then, you know, and it's beautiful. you can see the Statue of Liberty, who I think is a beautiful statue that you can just sort of see from lots of different points of New York. 
La La La. And I went over the Brooklyn Bridge quite a few times while I was in New York, but always at night. Um, and I loved it. And there were so many times where I was completely alone on the bridge. And I was just like, that's really beautiful. But then on my last, sort of heading towards the end of my trip or my time in New York, I was like, I haven't been over during the day. And everyone says it's essential to do the bridge during the day. And if you've ever tried to come from the Brooklyn side of the bridge to cross into Manhattan, it's a bit of a chore to actually walk around to the entrance of the bridge. Yeah, and I it's was, not easy, is it? There's it's no- not easy. And I was super exhausted. It was super hot. I had things to do that day. And I was like, there's a subway stop there. Maybe I'll just pack it in and forget about the bridge. But then as I started to take the turn to walk up to the bridge, this Beastie Boys song came on and it's all a massive tribute to New York. And, you know, I could see the arch of the bridge. It's all very cliche and cheesy, but it was just like, you know, New York, I love you. Thank you. Like it was just perfect timing that this song came on. And they mentioned the L train in this song, which is the train I used to catch to um, to Brooklyn and to, yeah, loads of, yeah, it was the train I was always on. But that bridge and that architecture and that view and that skyline is incredibly evocative. And that's why it's used so often. That's why it's become cheesy. Because when you're there, it gives you an incredible adrenaline rush. Absolutely. And you identify with uh, how many films or the, watching sure. The Sopranos or uh, so m- much media is produced. And Ikea, great big pictures of this bridge <laughs> in black and white, <laughs> sepia tones. All those kinds of things are relating to this experience you're having right now. And yeah. it's so evocative that people have used it again. Again and again and sure, again. And absolutely. then you're living it live. Exactly. And with the Beastie Boys, who I've always loved, came on. And I didn't even need to think about the geographical spots that they mentioned in the song because I knew from my experience exactly where they were, what they meant. And I felt like I'd really connected with New York that way. Had you been to all of those places during your trip? Had you made a real, um, well, n- not that you were grabbing their album To the Five Burrows, yep. at least in 2005. There you go. Somebody looked it up. Somebody's got Google. Um, um, did you uh, not list everything, but did you have a, a list of things that you wanted to accomplish or did you just let it come to you as New York does? As I did that. Originally, I was like, I have to see the United Nations building and it wasn't until about two weeks after I got back, I'd forgotten to do that completely. Uh, it's fallen apart. <laughs> I, I went with a friend. Sure. Jody's partner at the time, Jose and I, uh, Jody had no interest in going on. Yeah. So Jose and I, were, uh, we're walking around this building and sort of, picking out peeling paint. Sure. And it was like, you know what, if this is what the world does when it gets together, it's just bitches about the wrong <laughs> things, wears blue hats and lets everything fall apart, then maybe we, we have to find a better way. <laughs> sure. Now, you've had a love affair with New York. What about the other side? Are there parts of New York that, that uh, you, you perhaps wouldn't want to have if you were living there? I wouldn't want to have the low income and trying to live in New York. Um, and I guess there's maybe that degree of element of loneliness when you're in a big city but I I don't think that applies as much in New York because everybody is so friendly um I I definitely would feel more lonely here in Melbourne if I'd tried to pick up and start afresh here why do you think there's a difference in social social isolation between a city like Melbourne and New York is it because so many New Yorkers are from everywhere else but New York potentially and people are just really friendly and lovely and the way they set themselves up in bars and restaurants a lot of people will congregate around the bar rather than sitting off in booths where they're separate from people Um, the staff are always friendly and I think just just the way things are run it's quite Mm. it's quite different um so I'm not sure why we're – I feel like Australia or Melbourne specifically is a bit of an angry city and it can be a bit aggressive. Mm. So uh, I don't see that. I've been living in the Middle East though. So. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess. Sure, sure. Um, I don't know. I just I, – I, I, I don't know if I could see something negative. Maybe the winters. I don't think I could handle winter. Now, did you leave part of Chappelle in New York as well? 
Well, it depends what you're did trying you to say there, Grace. Well, did you, did you make a change in someone's life? Did you influence someone in a way that Anisha Power could do? I think the people at the radio station um, really got a kick out of me participating there and they, they really loved having me there and I loved being a part of it. So that was lovely. And I made some friends. I didn't make 30 new friends, but I made two or three really great people, one of whom I met through Hikaru Freeman, our newsreader okay, here at yes. Joy, a good mate of his sort of took me under his wing and we just thought it would be like a one-off dinner to say hi, we've got a mutual friend, but we became BFFs, total besties, <laughs> and that was cool. That was a really lovely thing. Now, that's Chappelle who's visiting with us here on Detours with Mark and Greg. And we've got Chappelle in today and thank you for coming in. And we also have the uh, fabulous foodie Pete Dillon coming in from 1 o'clock with his show Cravings. Pete, tell us about that. Coming up on Cravings today, we're looking at all things Spring Carnival. So I've got in the studio uh, Jack Mullard. He's from the tasting table. He's going to talk us through some sparkling wine and uh, all of those lovely things. And I see that you've got some grass stains on your knees there, Pete. Can you tell us about how you got those? I've also got Paul Juicen in from Fitzroy, here in Fitzroy Street. He's talking about hampers and things that you can sort of uh, get prepared and take to the races. And just to make sure that we're kept nice and balanced, I've got Emma Sterling. She's a nutritionist and dietitian that uh, we talk to a lot on cravings. And she's going to talk us through some of those um, things that we need to do to take care of ourselves, to look after our liver and all of that before we hit the races or perhaps the day after. So that's all coming up on Cravings at 1 o'clock with me, Pete Dillon, here on Joy 94.9. Just after the one. Wonderful Matt Thompson does his news read. So we yeah, thank excellent. Matt for his so we're news gonna, before and after. So we're going to hear Matt, and then we're going to go and get our hamper, and we're going to go and hit the races and uh, put our hats on and bets on, which is one dollar each way. <laughs> Joy doesn't advocate <laughs> only advocates responsible uh, gaming, and uh, it's going to be a beautiful day out there. So we're really interested in hearing what you're up to this weekend. Please reach out to us here at Detours on air at joy.org.au. Greg, tell us about the phone number that people can uh, SMS. On. 0427 Joy 949. But remember, 5 o'clock today, listen to Chappelle's show. And Chappelle, it's been fabulous having you here in the Detour studio today. What What's travelling in your next couple of journeys? What's up? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, firstly, you'll be hipping and hopping to your show. That's now, tell right. Us, what do you get on today? Today's uh, Arrested Development. My brilliant. Ch- my chat with... They're, they're really famous. They've got two Grammy Award winners. Do they well, wear I them? I can't even... They speak about them a lot during the show. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Wouldn't you? Absolutely. If I won a Grammy, I wouldn't shut up about it. No, when you win your Grammy. Exactly. I mean, I can't sing, but minor spoken detail. Word. Uh, Henry Rollins, spoken word, did, did a great job. Could do a comedy album. Yeah. Awesome. It's been a pleasure. So thank you, Chappelle. Thank you, Mark. And thank it's you for listening to Detours. 12 noon every Saturday. We'll be back next week, won't we? Yes, we will, actually. Yeah. We shall. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy your weekend. Happy Saturday. Thanks for listening to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. To find out more about Joy 94.9, check out joy.org.au. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.